Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Columbus, Ohio, it's time for Columbus Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Columbus Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Lindsay Fork with Lux Redux Bridal. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Lux Deluxe. How, how are you serving folks? Uh, Lux Redux Bridal is a designer consignment, off-the-rack designer sample boutique, if you will. So we take luxury bridal gowns that we source from traditional special order stores all over the country, and we sell them off the rack to brides for anywhere from 20% to 90% off the rack for them to take home that day. We also have a really amazing e-commerce site. So what we've been doing, especially this year in 2020, is we've been sending out our box service called Lux in a Box so that brides who you know, may still have stay-at-home orders in their states or cities and they can't go traditionally shopping, they're actually able to shop from the comfort of their own home. Now, how did the pandemic... Um affect the wedding industry? Did people just postpone weddings or did they just go boldly forward? Like how did that play out? I think what we've been seeing and hearing from brides specifically is that it has really been 50-50. There are a lot of brides that have just said, you know what, we're going to go forward and we're just going to, um, you know, just play down the amount of people that we're having. And then there's a lot of brides that have said, you know what, I still want my dream wedding. I still want 350 people there. And I don't want to get my photos back with people with masks on. So they have decided to postpone. And this being traditional busy season for um, bridal stores, January, February, March, we are seeing a lot of a lot of those postponements coming in now that, you know, moved their weddings to 2021 or beginning of 2022. So now in your business, were you a brick and mortar that pivoted to online or were you always online or some combination? We have always been a combination of brick and mortar. We have five stores in the Midwest um, and we've had a pretty robust e-commerce system where I feel like in the past prior to COVID, it really just acted more as a grandiose catalog, if you will, to show brides before they walked into our store, maybe what our assortment was. But when we did have to pivot so quickly, when the stores closed in March, April, we were able to really boost our Lux in a Box service, which we had been doing for about six or seven years, but just never really took off. Um, You know, people talk all the time about how retail is um, changing so quickly and that it's dying in the traditional sense. Bridal, um, bridal kind of stays, stays in their lane for a really long time. And I think I've been trying to be a disruptor of the traditional shopping experience and bridal, but people just haven't wanted to get on board until this year. So our online saw a significant increase this year, which was exciting, but logistically it definitely threw a lot of, a lot of um, mishaps and loopholes um, towards us that we had to kind of dodge and come up with solutions for. But honestly, um, we needed that. Um, we needed that in order to grow. And so I now I feel like now we're in a really great place to grow more e-com and it's exciting. So you figured out a way to kind of manage what the experience is or try to mimic a version of it uh, in an individual's home rather than in your shop? Exactly. Yeah. So now walk me through what that's like. Um, What can a a person expect if they do uh, work with you online via online? Sure. Um, If a bride goes onto our website, she has the opportunity to choose three bridal gowns that she sees that she would maybe want to try on. 
Um, we've spent a lot of time customizing the back end of our website with Shopify to make that experience really easy. Um, you pop the three dresses into your box experience on our website. The box ships to your home. Um, we took a lot of time with branding and packaging to make it so that they really feel like they're getting something exciting in the mail. Um, obviously, they can invite whoever they want and feel safe with in their home. Try on the dresses. We even send them clips so that they can try to alter the things in their home to make it so that it looks the best on them and how it may look when they get it altered. Um, hopefully they say yes. And then from the e-com perspective, there's all the little things that they would do on the back end to purchase the dress they wanna keep. And then we include a return label in the box so that they can send the two that they said no to back to us. Of course, we have someone in store that can help them through the process, like a virtual stylist, if they have questions on alterations or um, you know, just in general. So we've, we've got it all covered, we think. <laughs> So now when the person says, okay, I want dress A, then um, then they're responsible for getting it fitted at that point? Yeah, and that's traditionally how it's always been. We do not do alterations in-house. Um, it's, you know, unfortunately being a, a bridal seamstress and alteration specialist is a little bit of a dying art. When you find that person that you can refer a bride to, you really want to hold on to them. So we've never really been able to keep somebody in-house 24-7, um, but we, we do have a pretty good referral business in cities all across the country where if they need the dress altered, which they will, um, we can refer them to to a great seamstress to get that done. And that is that is completely separate. It is not built into the cost of the gown. And then, but they can kind of, um, you have some techniques to give them a feel so then what it would look like if it was fitted to them. Correct. Um, in general, a dress that is, you know, bridal sizes run small, again, antiquated industry, they still run off of European size charts. So that's something that we've always had to kind of dodge with brides when we, when we chat with them and try to, you know, make them feel the best that they're going to feel. But um, unfortunately, you know, a size 12 bridal gown sample is really more of a size, um, you know, eight, 10 in street clothes clothing so typically your label in a bridal gown is going to be higher than what you would normally wear which like i said is terrible like women don't want to hear that generally so um but you can alter bridal gowns down about two to three sizes without dramatically changing what the dress is going to look like on the body so we kind of talk them through all of that and have faqs on our website and all that good stuff so now when they have the dresses at their house and maybe they have a friend or relative around them so you said, is it possible to have one of your people kind of jump on a Zoom or something to help them like, oh, no, this goes here or this, the, you know, you can do it this way? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, we have it on our website that they can sign up for a virtual consultation. So if they would like to have one of our stylists on FaceTime or a Zoom while they're trying the dresses on, we can absolutely arrange that. And then when you do it that way, does that kind of... I guess that gives them the closest to what it's like inside your store. Yeah, I would say, I would definitely say that there's definitely a sales art when you're, when you're talking about a dress, when it's on the body and describing the fabric and describing the beadwork and, you know, just some of the accoutrements of the dress. I think it definitely helps when you have a professional that knows the industry and knows, um, knows the fashion part that goes into it. So now going virtual is, uh, you know, has some benefits. Now your customer base isn't just, a, you know, a drive away from you. They could be anywhere in the country. Have you noticed a, an uptick in sales from all over the place now? 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, like I said, our five brick and mortars are um, within a three hour drive here in the Midwest, but it is so interesting to see over the last nine, you know, nine to 10 months, how many people we've had from California and Florida and Texas and Maine. I mean, every people are coming from all over. So it's, it's really interesting. And like I said, it's been a learning experience for myself and my team working with our third party ad agency, just you know, that's, that's been a whole another learning experience. Like I said, just working with, um, you know, paid ads on social and Google and targeting, and then just looking back at the analytics and trying to assess like, how much money are we spending? What's the ROI? Like, are we doing a good job with this? So um, we feel like we're experts in, in multiple fields now. <laughs> now, when you're, when you're working with someone around the country, has that opened up kind of maybe opportunities for you as you expand, make like if you're getting a lot of interest in one part of the country, you're like, hey, maybe we ought to put a store here at some point. Um, yeah, we, we definitely have big plans to expand in 2021. We are, we are setting a target to open two more stores and they will be stores that are going to be outside of a driving distance for us. So that's exciting. Um, not necessarily from box orders that we've gotten, but just from cities that we know are growing in our demographic and, um, you know, are really in need of an, an upscale off the rack store, because I think that's just where a lot of you know, the demographic in that generation is going towards, especially with everything we've been through this last year. I mean, designer bridal gowns are wonderful, but when they are thousands of dollars and you wear them for one day, I think there's a lot of thought that goes into that for brides and, you know, even the grooms or other brides that they're marrying. It's like, do we want to spend this kind of money on this? Like, yes, I want this dress. And yes, I think this is beautiful, but what if I could get it for a discount considering I'm wearing it for this one day only. And then, so at the end of the day, the person owns a dress or they send the dress back to you? Um, they would own the dress. It's not, um, it's not a rental, but um, that is something that is very hot in Asia, renting bridal gowns. So who knows, you know, everything takes a while to come to the United States from Asia sometimes. So we'll see if renting dresses becomes a thing. Well, if the price, like you said, gets too high for a lot of folks, that might be a better answer. It might be a pain for that day, but at the end of the day, it might save them some money. Yeah, the issue with renting is just the alterations process, because as you start to take things in and then let them out and take them in, I think that's one of the reasons that that hasn't really been the way to go in our industry, because you really can only do it so many times before the dress is obsolete. Right. So you know that I can do this four times and that's it. So you get four rentals out of the dress and then, so you got to build in that. Now, um, how did you get into this line of work? Well, since I was young, I was always very passionate about bridal gowns. Um, my mom would take me to the library as a child. And instead of going over to like the Bernstein bear section or the kids section, I would weirdly wander over to the periodicals and want to take a bride's magazine home and, that just kind of stuck with me until even like high school and college. I remember going through checkout lines at grocery stores and I would have, you know, then there were fancier magazines like Martha Stewart and in style had a weddings magazine. And I think the cashiers would always look at me like, you look a little young to be getting married or they'd say, congratulations. And I'd be like, no, I'm just that weird girl that likes looking at wedding, wedding magazines. Um, so yeah. And I worked at a bridal store in college for a couple of years um, in and out of school and just really honed my talents on the sales floor and always kind of told myself that I wanted to have a bridal boutique and the opportunity came along for me to purchase a store that was existing here in Columbus in 2008. And that's my Lizzie Marie 
bridal um, collection store, which is your traditional special order boutique where someone goes in and they actually try the dress on, they order it in the size and color, you know, that's where people are paying full price for a gown. The dress comes in six to eight months later, they alter it, it's theirs. So how you connect the dots with Lejumerie and Lux Redux is, you know, when the Lejumerie samples that we carry in the store are either discontinued or we no longer feel that they're relevant, we will send them over to Lux Redux where the Lux Redux team then sells that sample for a discount off the rack. And the way we have scaled the Lux Redux business to online and five stores is that we don't just consign with my special order boutique Lejumerie like we did Back in 2011, we consigned with over 70 stores and counting in the United States. So we're getting we're getting so much inventory right now. It's it's a little overwhelming, but it, in a good way. Now, um, how are you? How do you even begin to forecast your plans for the coming year? With you know, not knowing how this pandemic is going to play out, you know, in the back half of this year. Um, you know, some of it, some of it is definitely some, some number crunching and forecasting. I mean, I have, and this probably isn't the best like business savvy answer, but in all my years of being in this business, I have done a lot of things off of gut instinct and just knowing my industry so well. And I think, you know, buying Le Marie when I did in 2008 during the huge downturn and being able to turn that store in a year to four times what it was doing when I bought it, I think was pretty significant. And knowing that I could pull that off when the economy wasn't great and then seeing what both of my stores have been able to do this year during COVID and people not even being able to go out and shop. Um, the fact that we you know, finished our year on plan and some of the stores actually were above plan, I think is a really good indicator that, you know, as they say, and I like to make funnies sometimes, like the Marion and Berrien business doesn't stop a lot of times, despite what's going on with the rest of the world or the economy. So I think, you know, what we're doing is in within our industry, we're, we're doing it right, I think, from the brand, the experience that we're giving our brides. And you know, I think the strong will prevail and keep going. And, and that's what we just have our sights set on. We really try to focus on the positive and the silver lining. We try to pivot when we're throwing curveballs and just go for it. Now, what trends are you seeing in the industry? Uh, have other um, kind of monumental changes happened that the pandemic's forced the hand of? Are you seeing different things now than you saw maybe a year or two or five years ago? Well, within our industry, I mean, you're definitely like going off of our last conversation, you're definitely seeing some people that just didn't, you know, didn't make it through maybe people at the end of 2019, or even beginning of 2020 that were possibly considering of getting out of the business, you know, this line of work, it's it's low barrier to entry. And a lot of the people that get into it do it because they think it's fun. Um, and I call it the four year, the four year model, but um, a lot of people that start a bridal store or buy a bridal store, you'll see a lot of um, young women that want to do it with their friend or with their sister or a mother daughter team. And it, they realize when they get into it, like, oh, this is actually a lot of work. It's not just fun. It's not just a hobby. So I think the pandemic, if anybody was thinking, wow, this really isn't working out for me, like that was just, that was the nail in the coffin for them. So as you see other stores and more competition fall off, I mean, that's helpful for, again, the people that are in it to win it in the long haul. Um, and I think you're seeing a lot of people trying to pivot and try to do things online. Um, and I think that's, I think that's great, but it does, 
it does increase the amount of searching that a bride is going to continue to do. I think that's the hardest part of our industry is that you've had reality television shows like Say Yes to the Dress almost glorify and romanticize shopping for a bridal gown even more than what it already just naturally is to the point where people go crazy bonkers dress like dress shopping and it turns into a marathon sport. I mean, on Saturdays, if you get the bride at the four o'clock appointment at the end of the day, I mean, you can just tell the moment she walks in with like mom and sister and, you know, maid of honor, her eyes are glazed over deer in headlights and she's just exhausted. And yet she'll sit there and say like, I have four more appointments tomorrow on a Sunday. I don't know why they do it to themselves, but it's that instant gratification <laughs> generation too. And FOMO of feeling like if I don't go and see everything that's out there in the brick and mortar stores, and then on top of that, you have everything listed online. It's just, it's a lot. So it, it does, it does come down to your sales stylists and how they're trained and how they can kind of help guide the bride in a positive direction to ultimately be a problem solver for her when her problem is she doesn't have a dress and she needs one and she wants to look beautiful and she doesn't want to regret her decision. Now, is there any kind of impact from folks that uh, in some industries, there's a, a, a movement towards like more expensive, more experiences and less stuff. Does that kind of affect your industry or is this considered in their mind an experience? So whatever they spend on this is just, that's just part of the experience. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I do think that it's a combination of both. I think, you know, for many brides, they, they do think about what they're going to wear and what they're going to look like even prior to maybe getting the question popped to them. So outside of, you know, booking a venue, which is one of the first things that they do, or we recommend that they do dress shopping is probably number two on their, on their list of wedding to do's. And so when they come in, Again, because of what's been popularized on reality television, they are expecting a wonderful experience. And that's why a couple of years ago, we actually increased our bridal appointments from 90 minutes to two hours because we really take the time to get to know them a little bit more and what they're looking for. We ask them where their venue is, kind of what style they want. We look at Pinterest boards that they may bring with them. And, you know, in Pre-COVID, we were popping champagne for them in their group. Right now, that's subsided for um, until we feel like that's safe to bring back. But we really do try to, you know, make it not seem like such a, a sales process, but truly getting to know them. Because especially in the aspect of Lejeune Marie, I mean, when they order that dress, I mean, we're in touch with them for anywhere from six months to possibly over a year until their dress comes in. And then we help them with their fittings. We help them with accessories. So I think while they're getting a really amazing experience, they're, they're willing to pay for it. So I, I think it does go to the experiential generation right now. And do you have to build in uh, during your, I would imagine in the store, there's some, like you did the champagne, but you have to build in some photo ops and video opportunities and staging around trying to elevate those kind of maybe it could be seen as mundane parts of the dress uh, fitting process, but it, it it's part of the, you know, experience they want to present to their friends and fans and family. Oh, sure. You have um, little micro influencers and all of them. So of course they want to post all their 
pictures on Instagram and all of their social media outlets. So we, we definitely understand that and we accommodate it. And quite honestly, when they're tagging us, you know, it's just another means of free advertising for us. So it, you know, it is funny because like 10 years ago, and there are still bridal shops out there that refuse to let people take take photos and stuff. Um, we definitely allow photos. We just try to explain to them in the beginning that how our process works, we would prefer that they wait until the end to take photos of their favorite. Cause you'd be, you may, you might right. It would never end. Right. The, the appointment would never end. It would never <laughs> end. And then they only get through six dresses in right. two hours and they wonder why. <laughs> but, but do you do things, is it possible uh, for your online, uh, to create some of those opportunities, uh, around the imagery of it, of them taking the pictures and sharing and, and giving them tools and resources to make that kind of an Instagram moment as well. Absolutely. Yes. We've, um, we've branded hashtag my Lux in a box. So if any of our brides do get a Lux in a box sent to them and it is um, a situation where they have said yes, then we give them all the instructions on how to take like a really great, um, photo from a lighting perspective and hashtag my Lux in a box. And we love, you know, after the weekend, we always put on our Instagram stories, like everybody that said yes. So they can look back and, you know, just feel a little bit like a mini celebrity on our social media for, for that moment. And then do you include, like, do you send them that champagne to open up later after they buy? Like, are you still able to do any of that virtually? We don't send them any champagne. Um, I have somebody on my staff that was a former in, uh, attorney, so she looks very heavily into all of that <laughs> stuff, and we cannot send alcohol to them. However, we definitely like give them tips and tricks to really, truly make them feel like they're in a celebratory situation, even in their living room. So now, what for you is the most rewarding part of the job? I think at this point where I'm at after 15 years in the business, um, you know, for me, what has been so rewarding has, has been to see my team grow, especially during this last year. Um, and, and actually a few years as we've been scaling, but, um, we adopted the EOS, um, management style a few years ago, and that was just a game changer for us. I'm a member of the Columbus EO, um, business group here. And from being in forum with, um, other business owners here in Columbus, I learned a lot about other companies utilizing EOS to really take people who are more visionaries in their company, like myself, and elevating them kind of out of the weeds of the day-to-day of the business. And I think that's just been a huge game changer for me. It's what's allowed my business to grow and scale because I'm not I'm not doing things that I was doing before that have taken time away from from visionary and growth. Um, opportunities. So being able to do that and then actually being able to move other people that have worked for me, I have a few employees, you know, for a retail company to have been with me for, you know, four to seven to nine years is, is really amazing. And I just never, I never saw that being able to be possible. So um, it's just been exciting. And we have, we have tons of hiring going on right now, the two new locations for 2021. So there's just a lot of really great stuff happening right now. So I'm super excited. Well, if you've cracked the code on how to identify integrators, please let us know. Uh, we're in dire needs of uh, somebody who can take that role. Yes, the integrator role is a special one, um, especially when you're a visionary and you know that that is not the role that you would want. I actually have an integrator on both sides of my businesses, the one, the former attorney, and the other one is my longest standing employee. And they are 
They are literally my work wives and I do not know what I would do without them, but they are perfect for their roles. Um, I'm perfect for mine. And, and that's, that's the magic sauce. Really it is. So now if somebody wants to learn more and have more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, uh, what is the website? Our website is luxreduxbridal.com and our special order boutique is lejunemarie.com. And that's L-U-X-E-R-E-D-U-X-B-R-I-D-A-L, right? Correct. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Columbus Business Radio. 